The second Bible reading is taken from uh, Luke chapter 2, starting to read at verse 22. It's on page 1028. Jesus presented in the temple. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's mother, father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to who, all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. So. Waiting. How good are you at waiting for a train or the day of that long-awaited holiday, the next series of Doctor Who, a job offer, exam results? And then what about those things in the future? Waiting for a wedding when the engagement's only just taken place. To sell a house so you can move into a new one. Or for retirement when you're fed up of working. And if waiting isn't bad enough, how do you know when the waiting's over? For many things, it's obvious, something changes. But what about waiting for the right job or the right person to marry or till you think you've got enough of whatever it is you're trying to amass in life? How can you tell when the waiting's over? And can other people tell when the waiting's been over? If you've been with us over the last few weeks, we've been looking at a series of songs from people who were waiting for Jesus to be born. Through their songs, they express their various reactions. 
So, we started on Advent Sunday with Vicar Dave. I have to call him that because it's complicated at home if not. So, Vicar Dave started with Elizabeth's song. A leap of joy, a song of joy, a message of joy. And then Anthony talked about Mary's song, proclaiming God's greatness. The words known to some of us here as the Magnificat, tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord. And then on Christmas Eve, Dave took us through Zachariah's song, acknowledging the fulfilment of God's promise, even though Jesus hadn't been born. And today we're going to look at two songs, Song of Simeon and the Song of Anna. Before we do that, let's pray. Father God, thank you for these songs given to us in your word. Pray that from each one of them we can learn something that will help us in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. So, First, a bit of background. It's Christmas. Where are we in the story? So, after Jesus was born, the Gospels tell us of three specific groups of people who encountered Jesus in his early days of life. First, the shepherds who were visited by an angel. And Luke tells us that after Jesus was born, the angel appeared to the shepherds, told them Jesus had been born that day, and they hurried off to see what had happened. We've sung the song of the angels. We heard the reading of the song of the angels. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. It's been the theme for the songs. So those were Jesus' first visitors responding to a direct invitation and encouragement from an angel. They knew something had happened because not only did an angel come and speak to them, but then a great company of the heavenly host appeared to them. Now, who could ignore an invitation like that? Uh, Now, anyone who is here who knows the story and if you were here when Junior Church did their great nativity play, As well as shepherds, Jesus gets more visitors. So Matthew's Gospel tells us that sometime later, wise men from the east came and they followed a star. So it's another great, exciting event portrayed in our plays, sung about in our carols. And these wise men, the Magi, they're the third group of visitors. They made a long journey. It took them some time, but... There was a star for them to follow, showing them that, firstly, that there was something happening, and then guiding them and helping them find their way. But if you read through Luke's Gospel, Luke also tells us about a second group of people, Simeon and Anna, subject of our reading this morning. Now, Simeon and Anna, they don't appear in nativity plays, or Christmas carols, or on Christmas cards. There's no angels or stars come to help them find Jesus. They didn't even journey to Bethlehem to see the baby. Jesus was taken and met them. But their encounter with the infant Jesus, though it's different, 
It's just as important as the one with the shepherds and the wise men. And maybe even more so. Because as we'll see, they're guided by God because of their faith and knowledge of him. So we'll look at today's reading and we'll look at the main characters. So we'll start with Mary and Joseph. So when Anthony took us through Mary's song, he showed us just how familiar Mary was with the Jewish scriptures. They formed the words that she used in a song of praise. So it shouldn't really be much of a surprise to us that Mary and Joseph were also very familiar with the law set out in Leviticus. Now, Leviticus chapter 12 is the shortest chapter in Leviticus. It's the one about women and, and having babies, but it's really short. It's only got eight verses. It's page 113, but you don't need to look at it. But it does set out the requirements for purification after childbirth. So, but these young parents... And the first thing they do, just before the reading we had today, is on the eighth day, they made sure Jesus was circumcised, because that's the requirement of the law. But then they also observed the requirement for Mary to visit the temple 40 days after the birth of her baby, so she could be purified. And it's known as the presentation of Christ at the temple. And there's quite a lot of paintings about, about it but just they don't get onto Christmas cards. So this is where we are now. The baby's 40 days old, and they've travelled. It's just less than six miles from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And it's about the same distance as walking from Broadgate to about halfway between Broughton and Barton. So for those of you who haven't been to Bethlehem and Jerusalem, you can understand that. It's sort of what David do on a Sunday after dinner. Uh, it's not hundreds of miles, but still, they've got a 40-day-old baby. So, imagine the scene at the temple. Mary and Joseph arrive with their 40-day-old baby. They're poor. So, instead of the lamb that most families would have brought to sacrifice on this important occasion, they've just got a couple of birds which marks them out as poor. Everybody would have seen that they didn't have a lamb that have had a couple of birds. So they're already probably a little bit uncomfortable. And there, they encounter not one but two old people, first Simeon and then Anna. What a day. So Simeon, second character in the story. So the Hebrew name for Simeon means obedient and listening. And actually, from the passage, that seems to sum him up. <coughs> Historically, we don't know very much about Simeon, but in Luke, in the picture that Luke paints, we can see everything that's important to know. So we might not know his character, we might not know his history, but Luke tells us this about his character. We're told that he's righteous and devout, and that he was, strange phrase, waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is the time when the Messiah would come and bring salvation for all, and that 
the Holy Spirit was on him and had spoken to him. And verse 26 tells us, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So, back to, imagine the scene. This old man, who they wouldn't have known, takes the baby from them, and then, with Jesus in his arms, praises God with this song, which would not at all have been what they were expecting. So he sing, he praises God with this song of hope in verses 25 to 32. Hope. What is hope? Today is New Year's Eve. Around the world, people will be wishing others a happy new year, they're making New Year's resolutions about how they want to live in 2018. But actually, we know when 2018 comes, we won't be happy all the time. And despite our best endeavours, whatever resolutions we make will probably get broken. The hopes we have, many will be dashed. But because it's been revealed to him by God, that's not the sort of hope Simeon's expressing. Instead, he was hoping for the Messiah, expecting the Messiah, anticipating the Messiah, and certain that the Messiah would come before he, Simeon, died. Now that is a different sort of hope, and that's the hope that the Bible's talking about. And then, like I said, the passage tells us he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. It's a vivid image. So, if you can't quite see what it means, try this. Think of a small child crying. Uh, I'm going to take Lois as an example. Because if Lois is crying, the only people who can console her are Alison and Anthony. Alison first, but probably Anthony. I can try, it, nothing happens. She just cries more. But that's the picture of God coming to console his people. He is a loving father who can console the crying child, who is understood, who has that relationship. And that is what Simeon is waiting for, for that to happen to Israel, to be comforted and consoled and held by their heavenly father in a way only God can. And back to Simeon in the temple. Simeon needed no angel or host of angels or star to tell him this was the Messiah. Because verse 26 tells us, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He didn't need any further confirmation that this was the Messiah, but expressed his gratitude to God and readiness to die. Like Zechariah, Simeon knew God would fulfill his promise, that the promised Messiah was here, and pronounces that Jesus is it. But he also doesn't just say Jesus is the Messiah, long awaited for by the Jewish people. But he also takes it a step further. 
because he says, he'll be, in verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel. Now, we think of that as, oh, this is the new covenant and Jesus for all. But actually, it's not new. In Psalm 98, verse 2, you can read, The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. And in Isaiah 49, verse 6, God says that, basically, restoring the tribes of Israel isn't enough, and that he will make his servant the Messiah a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So this is there in the Old Testament that the Messiah will come for all nations. So back again to the scene in the temple. Now, I can only assume that on any day, there would have been many couples bringing their babies to the temple to fulfill the requirements of the law because there's many babies born every day and this is 40 days later. Or if it's a girl, it was about 80 days later. But there'll be lots of families but when this family arrived, Simeon recognised them. Not only did he know the scriptures, but he also believed the scriptures he'd read, and he was waiting for the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit within him meant that he recognised who Jesus was without the need of any birth announcement angel. And it's the same for us. Very few people are led to find Jesus Messiah through visions of angels or following a star. Some are, but very few. It's by listening to God, responding to his spirit and accepting what's been promised, that what's been promised will come to pass. That's how we find Jesus as our saviour, our Messiah. And then the final bit about Simeon, verses 33 to 35, his blessing. Now, I love some of the liturgical blessings and sometimes it's because they remind me of people and places. And I really, really like the Advent blessing that starts, Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you and scatter the darkness from before your path. I think that takes me back to my childhood and carol services in the village. Hearing God's blessing encourages us and helps us to go and live for Christ in the world. But I'm not sure how I'd feel if our services ended with blessings like the one Simeon gave after his song of hope. So verse 33 tells us, Mary and Joseph marvelled at what Simeon had said, his song of hope. But then we're told that he blessed them. And after that, he said to Mary, this, the end of verse 34, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and the sword will pierce your heart also. Now it might start okay-ish. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many. But then the remainder would, must have been strange, uncomfortable, alarming, but true. Because through the final days of his life, Many people spoke against Jesus. In his betrayal, two hearts were revealed. 
and no mother would be able to witness their son's crucifixion without their own heart being pierced. But all that's for later. And Luke doesn't tell us whether or how Mary, jo Mary and Joseph responded to those words. We just know that they did come to pass. So that's Simeon. And the third character, Anna. Anna's song of witness. So we're back in the temple. Mary and Joseph are there with Jesus and Simeon's just praised God and then blessed and then said these weird words. Uh, and then they're approached by another old person, our third character, Anna, who's described as a prophet. Now we are told a little bit more historical fact about Anna than about Simeon. We're told her family history. She's the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. And we're told that after seven years of marriage, she was widowed. And then in our translation, it says she's 84. So she was an old widow. So in Jewish culture, not a very important person, but significant to God and worthy of note by Luke. And the name Anna, which has many, it's a derivative of Hannah, uh, and there's many other names that are connected to it, and they're all my family names, Anna, Annie, Stephanie, they're all derivatives of Anna, and it means grace. But as well as giving us facts about the family, Luke tells us about Anna's character. He tells us how she spends her life praising God, fasting and praying, worshipping night and day. So this religious, prayerful old lady comes up to them and she gives thanks to God. And she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So by this time, we can only imagine how Mary and Joseph must be feeling. And then what about the other people in the temple? Surely they must have stopped to listen to what's being said. Surely this stuff didn't happen at every other presentation. And maybe some people did just wonder, what is going on? But certainly Anna, like Simeon, recognised Jesus for who he was, without the need for angels and stars, and she responds too. And her response on finding the Messiah is twofold. Firstly, she gives thanks to God. But secondly, she tells others about him. As soon as she encounters Jesus, she's busy telling others that Jesus is the Messiah. So two people encounter the 40-day-old baby and know that he's the Messiah without any need for miraculous happenings or signs. What about us? Where do we fit into this story? Certainly for most of us, were the results of the truth of the words of Simeon that Jesus would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. But can we learn from the lives of these characters and their responses? Uh -huh. Do we need to grow in obedience to God and knowledge of his word? So that we can be like, more like Mary and Joseph, knowing the scriptures, ready to obey them. Do we need to listen harder to God within us 
through his Holy Spirit so that we hear God clearly. And like Simeon, we're ready to move where God tells us to go so that we're in the place God wants us to be. Perhaps we need to be more like Anna, ready not only to worship God and to give thanks to him for what he does, but also to be ready to speak about Jesus to those around us. Or perhaps we're still waiting to find the truth of Jesus for ourselves and hoping for a star or an angel or a miracle to show us that the Christmas story is real. If so, like Simeon and Anna, the baby is the sign we need. We need to recognise God in Jesus and give ourselves to him and know that God will dwell within us and equip us to live for him. Maybe as this year comes to an end and we think about the new year and new year resolutions, maybe some of those characters of Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna may be characteristics we would like to grow and ask God to help us in in 2018. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for all that we can learn from people and whose stories are told within it. Pray that each one will inspire us to live for you each day. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.